This is the Dental Elements Podcast, the podcast that is for everyone in the profession. Join us for a refreshing conversation with innovators, collaborators, and inspirers. Cheers to that. So welcome to the Dental Elements Podcast. Today on the show, we have a guest, Anne-Marie Del Palma, and she is going to share a little bit about her three big offerings for you. So you want to listen to Anne-Marie and see how she can help you. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on today, and I'm thrilled to be here. I'm actually in Boston today. I'm a native Bostonian, so as I'm speaking, you're going to probably hear me drop my R's a lot. So my Boston accent comes through very strong. So unfortunately, it's a rainy, cloudy day here in Boston, not the typical summer day that you really like and enjoy, but hey, we'll go with it. As you mentioned, I do several things within dentistry and dental hygiene. I'm actually a hygienist. I've been a hygienist for way too many years. I no longer practice, but I still keep an active license. But I've had my hands in all sorts of aspects of dentistry and dental hygiene. So I've been a clinical hygienist in perio and general practices. I'm a graduate of Forsyth. And when I was in Forsyth hygiene program, I swore up and down that I would never work in perio, but that's where I spent most of my clinical career, and that's where my love for perio and education originally started. From there, I ended up in academia, in dental hygiene, dental assisting programs, have had a consulting background, have worked with a software company as a trainer and a customer success manager. So all throughout my career, in a variety of different entities that dental hygiene offers us, I've had the opportunity to educate not only patients, but other dental professionals. I unfortunately developed TMJ a number of years ago. And when I was researching my issue as a hygienist, I wanted to know as much as I could about the topic. And when I was researching it, I couldn't find information that was adequate for me. It was either way above me. I'm pretty smart, but this was way above me or way below me. So I'm like, as a hygienist, if I'm having difficulty, what about the layperson? So I started researching it more and educating dental professionals about TMJ and TMD and started writing articles for all of the different publications that morphed into other topics as the years have passed. So right now, my three big topics are TMJ, developmental delays for children, Um, Things that have happened to me over the course of my career and coming in contact with a variety of different people. And then cybersecurity and artificial intelligence. Those are really big right now in dentistry as we move towards the artificial intelligence world in our everyday lives. So those are my three big programs that I offer. I offer a number of other programs as well, dental hygiene related, business related. So continuing education for all team members, not just the hygienist, but the dentist and business team and the assistant and all of that. Oh, that's great. I love involving the entire team. That's where a passion of mine lies as well. So do you have time to break each of those topics out just briefly? Like tell us a little bit about each topic. 
We can do that. And then we can talk a little bit about my other passion. All right. So we'll talk a little bit on that as well. So they're all closely interrelated. My TMJ course, people, when they say TMJ, they don't really understand the difference between TMJ and TMD. The TMJ itself is actually the joint where the D, TMD, is the disorder. So I talk about what the differences are between different the joint and the disorder, the anatomy of the joint, what causes TMD. You know, there are a variety of different things that do, as well as treatments and what we as dental professionals can do. Whether you're the hygienist, assistant, business team member, what can you do? Now, I've had even doctors on the programs that I've presented that, you know, this is very basic information, but yet it's information that so many dental professionals don't even know about. I'm a hygienist, so I don't get too much into the occlusion and all of that, but this is just the basics. And then you can further your education. It's a stepping stone for you. My developmental delay program is evolved from personal experiences. I have two boys who are now adults, but when they were younger, they both had speech and language and motor delays. And when I was discussing with their treatment providers that I was a hygienist, they all were thrilled and amazed. They said, yes, you're a great audience for learning about how, as dental professionals, you can recognize these symptoms and signs. Now, I worked in perio. I never saw kids. You know, yes, I had a little bit of a background in general practice, but most of my practice was in perio. So we never really saw kids, but yet we saw parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles. And whenever I presented that program, everyone has always come up to me afterwards and said, yes, it's been great, not only for my patients, but for my family members or people that I know that this is how we can refer. Now, we're not specialists in this. Our job is to recognize and then refer out to the appropriate teams, whether that be speech or language or motor or whatever. So we talk a lot about the referrals and how dental professionals, we can move forward with all of that and building that medical dental collaboration. And then my final big program is the artificial intelligence cybersecurity. So we talk a lot about HIPAA in our dental world, but yet we now have these adjuncts that we're using that are based off of artificial intelligence. And how can we bring the two together, making sure that our practices, now as hygienists, we don't need to know what's going on or even as assistants or business team members, but the doctor and the office manager or the person that's running the practice needs to know. And even though you may be a team member within the practice, you still need to know the basics of what is going on in your practice because it's affecting your livelihood. It's affecting your patients. It's affecting how you practice dentistry or dental hygiene in your practice. So understanding the basics of that and following HIPAA. And then what is artificial intelligence? You know, the background, where it came from, how we're using it in medicine and now in dentistry. So moving all of that, all the different opportunities that there are for us 
to learn about all of these new technologies that are available to help both patients and practices. You know, when we help our patients, we're also helping our practices. Yes, that is so true. And with HIPAA, it's individual responsibility. So as a healthcare professional, everybody's individually responsible and could be fined if they don't know the basics. If you're not aware and you still do it, you can't claim being an airhead because it's your responsibility to learn the basics at least. And especially now with AI. So it is important to take updated courses and learn about that because that is part of our livelihood and it's not going away anytime soon. And it's only going to get stronger and stronger. So I love that you're teaching that as well. I don't have a true background in HIPAA, but you know I know enough that we all have to understand what the practice is doing because if the OSHA police, the OCR come in, then you know they're going to interview you and say, you know, what's your practice's protocols? Where's your documentation and all of that? So you need to know even at a low level. Right. And so yeah, I Definitely be interested in learning more about that. And hopefully you're going to share with us how we can do that and some links to your courses and how to get a hold of you for any of these topics, because they're all great topics and very, very important, especially TMD or TMJ. That's a huge one, pain, and then the speech for the children. That's super, super important. So great topics that you have. And so I know you have other passions besides this. What are your other passions? So over the course of my career, I've been a trainer, a software trainer. So that's where my interest in cybersecurity and AI has come through. And recently, I had a position as a fractional training manager. Now, if you don't know what fractional is all about, it's basically a small DSO that has several offices that was trying to create a training program across all of their offices. So they have had numerous attempts at trying to do this, and it just never worked for whatever reason. So as a fractional training manager, I came into the practice, pulled together all of their documents and documentation. We know in dentistry that if it isn't documented, it isn't done. So we needed to pull all of that information together and then train the team. So train the business team on, you know, answering the phone, collecting money, all of that, the same day service, you know, that type of thing, what their insurance information was. And then on the clinical side, making sure that the hygienists are all on the same page, you know, whether they be in office A or office E, we all have to be on the same page. So creating the documentation for that. As an aside, one of the other programs that I do is on documentation. So it's combining what I have always been passionate about to taking it to the next level, whether that be for a small individual practice, you know, one or two docs that want to make everything equal across the board and and doing that documentation, or the small emerging DSO, as this one was, that they want to pull things together. But it's bringing together all of my passions, my education, my documentation, and being with people. I love the virtual component. Yep, it's opened up a whole new world for us. But yet, I'm a people person, so I need that interaction. 
Yes, same here. I am an introvert, but at the same time, I love people and I love being around people. And when you're training, yeah, Zoom's great, especially if you have one-on-one person. So you can actually talk and see the people. But if you're doing a big training, you don't even know what's on the other side. It's just like, there's no energy. So it's kind of strange. So being in a room with people and the energy and, you know, getting feedback verbally or non-verbally is tremendous. And we can't give that up, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's okay. super great. So when you say processes, are you talking kind of like um, procedures and operating procedures, things like that, and policies, so that way everybody's on the same page? Exactly, that, yes. Yeah. So yeah. for this particular practice, it was, like I said, a small DSO with a, not too many organizations, but they had different processes and procedures in each of the different practices. And they wanted to make sure that everybody was doing the same thing. You know, making sure that they were communicating with the patients the same way about their insurance benefits, you know, um, making sure that they're scheduling their clinical side correctly, you know, that not one hygienist is doing it differently than the other, making sure they're recommending the same types of products, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that goes a long way for the reputation as well, because if a patient calls and one person tells them one thing and then they call back, somebody else tells them another thing, that miscommunication not only affects the patient, but the business and your reputation. So it's super important to take stop and take the time and train everybody. I know, you know, we have to do that. We have to take the time, slow down and train people and get on the same page and talk about things as well to make sure everybody is on the same page and has ideas and we're not sharing legacy errors and things like that, right? Right, exactly. You know, as a software trainer, I would go into the offices and do the training. And yet there were times when they didn't want to stop. They would want to do the training as they were seeing patients. And it doesn't work. I get it. I understand. I'm a hygienist. I understand that production is important for you. But if you don't take the time and make sure that everybody is on the same page, making sure that everyone understands what the mission and vision and practices are of the practice, then you're spinning your wheels and the patient loses trust and they don't want to build that relationship with you. Dentistry, yes, you know, you can go to 10 different dentists, get 10 different opinions because patients don't trust us. You know, as a hygienist, when I was working clinically, doc would come in and say something and the patient would look at me and say, you know, do I really need that? You know, we've all had that experience, whether you're hygiene assisting or in the business office, you all have had that. So making sure that everyone is saying the same thing at the same way. Now, not so much into scripts, putting your own wordage into it, but making sure that you're all on the same page. Builds your relationship, builds the trust. Yes, it does. And so I'm an analogy person. So it's like your body, if you don't take time to rest and exercise, eat healthy, you're going to get sick and your body's going to make you take a break. And it's not going to be a fun vacation, right? So the same thing with your practice. If you don't take the time to get healthy, get your policies and procedures in place, which no policies and procedures, but training your team is the most important thing and being on the same page of communication that's in any relationship and, and your health of the practice. Yeah, we have to do that. Right. And without a healthy practice, you don't have healthy patients. Right. Or a healthy, yeah. 
healthy bank account either. The money comes after, you know, I get it. Like I said, um, I understand about the business side of the practice, you know, even as a hygienist, it's a business within a business and you have to be producing and all of that, but I'm not so much on the production. Yes, that's important, but doing things that are right for the patient brings the money for the practice and building that trust and building that relationship helps your practice grow. Yes, absolutely. And when I go into review practices, I'm not coming in with any set agenda. I know I'll listen to them, ask them the questions, you know, what is their mission? What are their vision? Where do they see their practice in a number of years? And how are you going to get there? What is your plan for getting there? What are your current policies and procedures? Like this particular DSO had everything in multiple documents and nobody knew which was correct. You know, what's the most current? What's, what can we do away with? You know, bring it all into one. And then when you have new hires that are brought on, then they understand the philosophy. Yes, so I was <laughs> doing OSHA and HIPAA and infection control, just going through all the sites, trying to find information just reminds me of like, what's current? Like, can we get rid of the non-current stuff or put updated or do it by a timeline because you dig so deep and you find things from years ago or it's so confusing out there. So yes, having things labeled with dates and most current. But teams don't have the time to do that. They don't. You know, oftentimes they're just surviving. You know, we go in, we do our patients, we go to the next day, you know, go home. We're on a treadmill. You know, we don't have that time to devote. So that's where I come in, devoting that time, looking at what you're currently having and then moving forward where you want to go. Right. You're not going to get there without a plan, right? Right. We plan for our vacations. We plan for, you know, looking, buying new cars or renting an apartment or getting a home, but we don't plan our practices. Yeah. And sometimes if we do, we plan them without the team. So like we plan a car without any wheels to get it there, right? Right. Yeah. You need to take care of your tires. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you said, a lot of times uh, the doctors will make decisions without involving the team bringing in new technology, bringing in new partners, bringing in whatever, that the team, as a human, we resist change. You know, how is it going to affect us? How is it going to make my job easier? I want to make my job easier. I don't want to make it harder. So bringing in new technology without having the team on board or bringing in any new process without having the team input is failure. It's looking to fail. If you don't have the buy-in, and just like patients, you present them with huge amounts of treatment planning. They say yes, yes, yes to you at the time they're scheduling. And then that day, the day before, they call up and they're canceling because they didn't really understand why they needed it. They have false acceptance. So your team is just like that as well. They may say, yes, yes, we're all on board with it. But unless you bring out the objections and the reason that they may fear the change, you're not going to get anywhere. It's going to be like that treadmill you buy that sits in your room with the clothes on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the basement. And then, uh, yeah. It's too nice outside yeah. to be on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Do you want to show them what's in it for them? One of my very first 
consultants worked in the front office and she was amazing because she was about us and she was like, what's in it for them? She knew that including us and what was in it for us worked and it worked amazingly. And she was, you know, one of the reasons I became a consultant because just seeing those ways instead of coming in and dictating on what needs to be done and do it. And here's your policies, procedures, follow those. It's like, that's not emotionally attached to anybody. Maybe some people might like that and that's fine, but most of us are not, especially hygienists. (laughs) You know, you want us to be independent, but then you don't. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, our inner two-year-old comes out, you know, don't make me do something, you know, because I don't understand why I'm doing it. You know, yes, it's perfectly acceptable to have objections. Yes, it's going to be more time. Yes, I have to learn new technology. But in the long run, you know, there's always that learning curve. You know, when you first learn something, it's going to take you longer, period. And offices and teams need to understand that. But by the time they get through that learning curve, they get it. They say, oh, why didn't we do this before? It's make our lives so much easier. So you got to look at it from both sides. Yes, it's going to take longer, but in the long run, it'll be beneficial for you as a clinician as well as for your patients. Yes. Without patients, there's no practice. Without a team, there's no patients, right? Right. You have to all work together without a doctor. You know, we don't want to leave them out without them or, you know, we need everybody. Everybody. That's right. You know, front office, everybody is important. That's why when I do trainings or CE programs, I always like to involve the team. Like I said, whether that be the doc, hygienist, assistant, business team member, everyone is involved. It's Mm -hmm. not just one group. Because how are you going to move forward and help your patients if you don't know where you're going? Right, right. I agree. Or if somebody feels left out or if they don't know what you're doing, they can't help you. It definitely takes the whole team. You're in Boston. Do you live in Boston? You said you're there, so you must be. I live in a suburb of Boston, right outside. I'm in the North Shore of Boston, a little bit north, right outside of, very easy to get to right up the main highway. I have my husband and two adult sons who love the Boston sports. So by osmosis, I've learned to love the Boston sports, all of the Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, and even the soccer teams as well. So I don't participate in any sports. I've never been a sports person, unfortunately, but like in watching and listening to them. Yeah, same here. I was never athletic, but I do love watching. Yeah. And all baseball hats. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do love watching. It's fun now that you're into it. I wish we had some teams here in Portland, but that's okay. We have, uh-huh. we have neighbors. So how do we get a hold of you and learn more about your programs? So you can just email me, um, Anne Marie De Palma, all one word, at gmail.com. And then um, through my LinkedIn profile as well. Right now, the easiest way to get a hold of me is through email or through LinkedIn. All right. And then we'll have your bio and your contact information on the website, rootyouon.com as well, attached to this episode and in the show notes. It'll be easy to find. It was so great talking to you and learning more about you and these great, important topics. And so I can't wait to hear more about them and hopefully grab one of your courses. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day, everyone. So I've always been a little anxious myself going to the dentist and I would, okay, I sometimes still do, hold on to the handles of the chair, like grab each handle and just squeeze really hard. Um, Give myself something to do with my hands, just squeeze the chair, even for a simple polish. 
you know, it's like, it can be uncomfortable and scary. And uh, some patients with anxieties and extra fears have even more anxiety. And so there are a fidget poppers that you can use. So you can go give those to your patients and they can hang on to them and then they can concentrate on what's in their hand, that little popper, instead of focusing on what you are doing or having to grab that chair and squeeze so tight. It takes your mind off of the treatment. And some patients with a gag reflex, and you're asking them to breathe through their nose, wiggle their toes, anything to take their mind off of what you're doing, it really helps you get a good picture and open contact. And it's a lifesaver and time saver for you and the patient. And so with these fidget poppers, you can hand them to the patient and they can focus on that instead of focusing on the fact that you're putting an x-ray sensor down their throat and it helps them be happier and more calm. Uh, check out fidget poppers, smilemakers.com, use code DAP20 for 20% off of your order. Thank you.